morning and welcome to the broadcast today. Today is Wednesday, March the 9th. We're broadcasting from Nashville, Tennessee at the National Religious Broadcasters Convention. I am Pastor Jeff Shree, pastor at First Baptist Church in Texarkana, Texas, and the founder of From His Heart Ministries, heard every weeknight at 6 p.m. Central Time on American Family Radio. Well, we are joined in the studio today with Rick Eldridge. And uh, Rick is a movie producer. He is a golf enthusiast. He has uh, produced wonderful movies, the Bobby Jones Stroke of Genius movie with Jim Caviezel, The Ultimate Gift, Running the Sahara, Sahara, and his latest movie that is due in theaters in April called The Mulligan. And to prepare our hearts to have this discussion, I wanted to read from Psalm 86. This is a Psalm of David. He says this, Incline your heart, O Lord, and answer me, for I am afflicted and needy. Do preserve my soul, for I am a godly man. O thou, my God, save your servant who trusts in you. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for to you I cry all day long. Make glad the soul of your servant, for to thee, O Lord, I lift up my soul. And then this verse, For you, Lord, are good and ready to forgive and abundant in loving kindness to all who call upon you. I would say that kind of sums up the whole theme of the mulligan, would it not? It does, uh, and, and it's, uh, it's a great story of second chances, and what better way to uh, use a golf analogy, uh, you know, mulligan is a second chance, and uh, of course we all know what the greatest second chance is, is uh, you know, our Savior you know, giving us an opportunity to change our scorecard and, uh, and, and, and make it right. And uh, Pat Boone in the movie just does it in such a great way, uh, a presentation of the gospel that I think is, is unique and different, but, uh, but very direct as to, uh, to God's intervention in our lives. And uh, I'm, I'm excited to have this movie out and to be able to, in, in, a, in a very unique way, share that gospel message. Well, the graphic for the mulligan is a broken putter. Right. And so I was privileged to watch the movie with you and Pat Boone and Eric Close on, uh, on Monday night, along with some others. You didn't right? just show it for me. Uh, but uh, I, thought that, I thought the graphic for the movie was excellent because it, it really encapsulates, okay, we've all blown it. All have right. sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We've broken our putter, so to speak, That's right. as Eric does in the movie. And, uh, and we desperately need God's forgiveness. And so, uh, Rick, when you think about uh, that verse in Psalm 80, 86, verse 5, for you, Lord, are good and ready to forgive, um, and abundant in loving kindness to all who call upon thee, do you think people see God as the God who's ready to forgive or the God who's ready to condemn? You know, I, I, I think that at first we probably think it's all about rules. It's all about, you know, I'm breaking them, you know, and... Uh, but I think even in the in the case of the movie where Paul hears the gospel uh, and and he rejects it, he says, "You know, I don't think I'm ready," and he walks away. But then, through you know the conversation with his son, through you know reflecting back on his relationship with his wife, he sees that he is broken. And uh, there's a powerful moment in the movie where we hear him finally saying, "God, you know, I give up. I need a mulligan. I need a second chance." And then we realize that he's right there in the in, in the car, uh, not giving a spoiler here, but <laughs> with yes. his son who, uh, uh, who shares that moment with him. So it is pretty powerful. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that um, yeah. when you show him 
praying to the Lord, and then the scene breaks, and his son is there hearing yeah. that prayer, and his son agrees with that prayer. Absolutely. Um, that, that is very, very powerful. Well, uh, I know you love to play golf, and so I guess it's just a natural to do golf movies when, when you're a movie producer and you love the game. <laughs> well, this is my second golf movie. I, my first one was Bobby Jones, Stroke of Genius, and that was 20, 21 years ago. Uh, we started that process, and uh, we actually shot it about uh, in '03 and, uh, and and released it in '04. But uh, you know, this many le- years later, you know, it's, it's great to be doing another one. Uh, I love sports, so I've done quite a few sports-related films, and I think those are always great analogies, inspirational stories that mm-hmm. can uh, uh, can can talk about the the struggle and and the and the triumph and and, and how you get where you get and do what you do, but. Uh, you know, this movie is is really a, a more than golf, I think, and yes. and uh, that's what really drew it uh, drew me to it. Uh, you know, it talks about the father son relationship. It uh, speaks to the the, the family relationship. You know, we have this corporate executive who seemingly has everything in the world going for him, but behind the scenes, everything's broken. Right, and uh, so we we see that restoration. And his mulligan's really not on the golf course; it's in life. Yes, for sure. Well, you know, one thing I was thinking about the movie this morning. Um, one thing too that that comes out, although it wasn't, it wasn't just you know blasted out. The main character had a bad relationship with his father. He was carrying a father wound. Right. He didn't know how to be a father. That's right. Yeah. He he. Uh, you know, you're looking back into that, and it's it's interesting when you know the the basis of the story based on a book written by Wally Armstrong, who was a touring pro, mm-hmm. and uh, by Ken Blanchard, who is a you know, business guru. He right. speaks to major corporations about That's the one-minute manager, right? Yeah, one-minute yeah. manager. And so both of these guys came together to write this story. And, uh, and, and you can see the DNA of both of them. You know, Ken, the business executive guy, and uh, you know, doing all that he does and who he speaks to in that leadership uh, capacity that he has. And then Wally, who really was an overachiever. Uh, he had a bad. I mean, he he could not watch those scenes. He oh. he uh, even today it it affects him because that was his father. Oh. That was the relationship that he had, and uh, and and he when he was on the tour, you know, his reputation was nobody works harder than Wally Armstrong. Yeah, uh, because he had to. He says, "I've got to prove it. I've got to show that I can do this." Yeah, and uh, so a lot of other things fell by the wayside for him because he had that tenacity and that uh, that I got to overcome. And uh, because that was a big issue in his family and in his life. And as it is with many of us, you know, we, we, we have these things that really make us who we are. And, and how we respond to that really uh, helps us become who we are. Yeah, I didn't know that about him. Yeah. First time I saw Wally Armstrong, he had some trick shot golf right. video where he's hitting balls with like Coke bottles on a rope or something like yeah, that. That's right. Hitting off his knees. Hey, that guy's a golf phenom he's a phenom he, he he does these clinics and part of his clinic is is to, to show you how to swing and and uh you know it, it really what it does is it it loosens up the game a little bit and you realize that you know what i can take whatever i can do and uh you know not be as serious about it but be you know use what i have to, to do what i do he he would show you how to hook the ball and he could say i'm going to slice this one and he would just you know flip his, his, his wrist or whatever he does. And, right. uh, but, yeah, his trick shots are amazing, and uh, uh, it, it, it's, it's fun. It's, a, it's an entertainment to, to see him uh, do a clinic. Yeah. I could probably do that. I'm going to slice this one because that's what mostly I do. Or <laughs> just can't control those. I know what you mean. Okay, so Pat Boone is a golfer. Right. 
and uh, pretty good one too for his age, is he yeah, not? He is. He he uh, he he doesn't hit it as far as maybe he used to, but it's 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 usually down the middle. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I asked him. I, I told you I saw him yesterday just right. in the convention, and uh, I said, uh, "So, how did you do playing that golf course? Beautiful golf course. The the name of the course? Curahee Club." Okay, yeah. and uh, he told me, he said, I only lost two golf balls. So that was <laughs> yeah. kind of how he classified his round. Right. But easy to lose golf balls there. It can be, yes. There's, there's water, there's, there's uh, out of bounds, which, you know, in some of these out of bounds, you really don't want to go in there. Yeah, so you got to yeah. keep it on the course. Yeah. But uh, Pat had energy, you know, just uh, 88 years old, and just uh, we had to, to run to keep up with him. He, he was amazing. He really was to... Uh, and, and I think because of his love uh, for the messaging of the story and, and for golf, uh, it w- he was in a, in a great element. So uh, uh, when we were finished shooting, if it was still daylight, he'd usually grab his clubs and go, go play a little bit. So uh, wow. a lot of fun. That's so cool. Well, it was great to know, too, that the two stars of the show, Eric Close and Pat Boone, both have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That's this right. isn't, they're just not repeating lines. That's right. This comes from the heart. And yep. uh so that makes all the difference in the world where the actors are, hey, I'm not acting right now. Right. This that was very real. transparent in the film. I think you see that, and that's part of the synergy of what happened, I think. Yeah. Absolutely. Amen. Well, we're talking to Rick Eldridge. We're talking about the movie, his new movie that's coming out in April called The Mulligan. And uh, it's for every golfer. It's for every person that needs a second chance in life. So we're going to take a quick break. Don't go away. Here are Tim and Riley Wildman for the AFA Foundation. Riley, what is your title? The director of AFA Foundation. One of the best ways you can have income for the rest of your life and know that uh, you will be supporting the Ministry of American Family Association is to... To give a gift to American Family Association and American Family Radio. Do you also deal with people who want to leave AFA in their wills? Yes, sir. That's exactly why they call. And that's why we also have another option besides a charitable gift annuity. People sometimes also call and do an outright gift or also leave us in their will. Now, when anyone calls in and asks to talk to you, ladies, will all of them talk in a Southern accent like you do? Yes, they will. Call Riley Wildman at the AFA Foundation, 800-326-4543, extension 345, or visit afafoundation.net. Hello, I'm Sam Rohr, president of the American Pastors Network, a growing national network of pastors committed to the authority of Scripture and preaching the whole counsel of God. We believe biblical obedience is the foundation for revival and impacting our culture for Christ is our duty. For too long, the pulpits of America have been silent on the important issues such as marriage and family and assault on our liberty. Join us in the battle for truth on Stand in the Gap weekend, Sunday evenings at 6 p.m. on American Family Radio, and visit us at AmericanPastorsNetwork.org. Hi, I'm Mark Harrington, founder of the pro-life group Created Equal and host of Activist Radio, The Mark Harrington Show. Created Equal is all about saving the lives of unborn children. Each week, I cover the latest pro-life news and feature interviews with unsung heroes from across the nation who are making a difference for the cause of life, liberty, and justice. Join me every Sunday afternoon at 5.30 for The Mark Harrington Show here on American Family Radio and discover how you, too, can help protect the lives of the most innocent among us. 
And welcome back to the broadcast. Pastor Jeff Shreve here. I'm talking to Rick Eldridge. Rick is the movie producer of many movies, but his most recent one that is due to hit theaters in April is called The Mulligan. Now, Rick, you've done a number of faith-based movies. Uh, you present the gospel very well, very creatively in these movies. Well, thank you. But how about your own faith experience? Well, I uh, grew up in a, a little Baptist church in, in a little mill village in North Carolina called Mount Holly. And uh, my my dad was a uh, you know, deacon in the church, so... Uh, you know, I've got the the story many Baptist boys do, where I went to church, you know, nine months before I was born, and, and continued right through, and I've got the got all the the banners to show it, you know, for yes. the, those in many years. Um, but uh, as as a good Baptist boy at twelve years old, you you go down and you you get baptized and you you kind of go through the motions, and and I think that's probably what I did. I said, well, that's it's my duty, it's what I'm supposed to do. But uh, it was a few years later when an evangelist came through. And uh, I was really into music, and uh, he happened to be a, a singer, and, and, and I was kind of gravitated to his music. And then uh, as he began to share faith and, and uh, share some of his experience, I said, man, if that's where he is going, and, and that's what happened to him, uh, I, yeah, I, you know, I don't need to go there. And so uh, it was at that moment that I, I really had a change in my heart, and I realized I had all of this background. I knew, you know, all the Bible stories, because Sunday school teaches you that every day. But uh, finally, uh, it, it became a, 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 a not a head knowledge, but a heart knowledge. And, uh, and it really changed my life. I was 16. And uh, from then on, it was, uh, it was music first, and music was my entree to film. Mm-hmm. So I tell people I used to write uh, stories that were three minutes long, and we call them songs. <laughs> uh, now I write stories that are two hours long, and we call them movies. But yes. I'm still telling stories and, uh, yeah. uh, and inspirational messages that uh, hopefully can, uh, can, can share God's grace, God's peace, and, and God's salvation. Amen. So in the music uh, portion of your life, singer, player, what were you? Singer, guitar player, you know, keyboard player, just... Uh, you know, I, I toured with a few different artists back in the, the early Jesus days and uh-huh. released a few of my own albums over those days. All and, right. Uh, so, yeah, it was, a, it was a lot of fun. It was a, I, I say that was the first part of my life. And uh, uh, you know, God had an had a opportunity for me to start writing music for film. And uh, I had a degree in music, so that was kind of my transition. Uh, I, I wrote a film for a, as a score for a company called Harcourt Brace Jovanovich that does a lot of publishing material and uh one of the uh, the producers said have you ever thought about scoring film and i said no i'd love to so uh, we did this movie called kingdom of the dinosaurs which won a bunch of awards and the score because of that won an award and so uh you know after that it was kind of you know just just a transition period and god really just directed me uh yeah and, and i find that in, in in a lot of the things that we do in our life uh when we try to make things happen or beat the door down or uh, you know, sometimes we wind up flat on our face, but mm-hmm. you know, I noticed that you know through this transition, and for me anyway, it was uh, it was just God opening the doors. God, you know, I'd I'd always thought about maybe scoring a film someday, but uh, you know, I thought about recording an album, and uh, mm-hmm. here I am singing in a coffee house, and a guy comes up and says, uh, "You ever thought about doing an album?" And I said, "Yeah, I'd love to. I can't afford it." And he says, well, what if somebody paid for it? And, and it was a record label, and that was my first record deal. And, and the transitions that happened that way have always been uh, God moments. And uh, I think he's, you know, he's, he's led me through the path and through the path of music into telling stories and to writing uh, you know, longer format stories that, that now have become movies. So what was your first movie? 
Bobby Jones was the first that I did uh, you know, by myself. Uh-huh. Uh, my company uh, worked with Universal and Disney for many years, and we were on the back lot. And that was a big opportunity for me to kind of learn the business. You know, I, I was in, in the entree of music. I was doing scores and then doing sound design and doing you know, audio mixing for, for film and then started story editing for a, a Nickelodeon show, actually, and uh, then wrote my first screenplay And uh, while I was doing that. When I sold that company, I, I read a book uh, by a guy named Bob Buford called Halftime, mm-hmm. and uh, it was that whole idea of success to significance. So uh, I had a two-year no-compete when I sold the company, and I'm 39 years old, mm-hmm. and uh, so I just really went into this, you know, digging deep about, God, what do you have for me now? And uh, the opportunities that I'd had in the studios and the, uh, the growth that I'd seen and, and, and telling stories uh, led me to, uh, to, to use those influences, those people that I'd gotten to know through the, through the industry to, uh, to start telling larger stories called movies. And Bobby Jones was the first one. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now, Jim Caviezel, that, right. was, that was before or after he had done Passion? He just finished the Passion. It hadn't released yet. Okay. So uh, he went off of that set and straight to ours. And, and he wasn't a golfer. No. He yes. had played a little bit of golf, but he was an athlete. He was a, a basketball player. Right. And he had kind of blown out his knee. He was really on the way to the pros. That would have been his first love. Yeah. And uh, so when we met with him, he, he said, you know, I, I, love, I love playing golf. I'm not a great golfer. I'm a basketball player, but I'm, I'm ready to learn. And yeah. so we sent him with a, a pro, and uh, he spent – Five weeks, really, just learning the Bobby Jones swing. Uh, that was the way it went. And uh, kind of a funny story with that. You know, the Jones family uh, is a, a big brand in itself. And the, the Austin Bird Foundation that manages that in Atlanta, the law firm. So they had two things that they had to approve. They wanted to approve the screenplay and to make sure that Bobby Jones was represented in the right way. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to approve who plays Bobby Jones because that's very important. You know, mm-hmm. we got to make sure it's somebody that can personify him. So we got through the screenplay part. They said, yeah, we, we're going to sign off on the screenplay. Now who's going to play him? And I said, well, you might not know the guy, but he just finished making a movie where he played Jesus. They said, he'll do. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's how Jim got the gig. That's hilarious. Yeah. Well, it, that had to be a lot easier on him physically than doing The Passion of oh, the man. Christ. Yeah. We've got a lot of great stories about that. You know, we shot the first half of the movie in, in St. Andrews. And coming off of St. Andrews, uh, we had a two-week break before we went to Atlanta, which is where he grew up, and Eastlake and all of that. So uh, I'm getting ready to pack up our offices, and I get a call from Mel Gibson. And Mel says, uh, you know, Rick, I really need Jim for a week. We've got to recut some scenes, and I need him to fly to Italy. And, and uh, you know, do you mind letting him have a week you know, in between your transition? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, if he's okay with it, uh, I guess I could do that. That's when he went back and shot the crucifixion scene, and uh, <laughs> literally, yeah, the lightning strikes, it strikes him on the cross. Oh gosh! And so we almost lost our actor. But uh, you know, night. well, he dislocated his shoulder or something doing that scene. Yeah, didn't he? it was. Uh, yeah, it was a pretty. I had no idea what Mel was going to do, but that's what he. That's what happened, and uh. so uh, he came back to us, and he was a trooper. He finished the movie, and it was fine. But uh, yeah. yeah, I remember hearing him talk about that where he got yeah. hypothermia. It was like yeah. 40 degrees and he's yeah. in a loincloth and yeah. that had to be brutal well that didn't affect him, his ability to learn how to play golf you know he's a he he's a phenomenal actor and he uh he he just came in and didn't miss a beat he really didn't uh it's it was interesting when when he was on set and and even 
off of set. He almost never left character. Uh, he became Bobby Jones, and and he personified that, and uh, in the way that he, uh, he he carried himself the whole time. So, filming a golf movie, what what unique challenges come with that? Well, you're out in the open, and you're in a big, wide open space, and you're you've got an army of about 200 people that are carrying cameras and lights, and and so uh, it's a big operation, uh, and uh, and I think that you know, it both in Bobby Jones and in this movie. You know, we decided to, to shoot in the mountains, so we've got hills and all kinds of other terrains to deal with. So that was probably one of the biggest challenges on the course. Uh, and then I think, you know, for for the the actual golf, we wanted to be authentic. So uh, in in Caviezel's show, we wanted to make sure he had the Bobby Jones swing. That was something right. that was pretty famous. Uh, Eric Close is a, a five handicap, so he was. He was great playing golf. You know, Pat was a great golfer. Uh, it's funny in the movie you don't see him hit a lot of golf balls, no. but uh, you know, he uh, he certainly you know, knew the game and played the game. But I think you know the authenticity is important to me. I, it's very important, I think, in any sports related thing that uh, that it comes across real and believable and authentic. And uh, so we we tried to do that. Uh, but there are a lot of elements when you're out in the open like that that you just have to deal with. So that's the biggest challenge. So when you cast uh, Eric, the Eric, Eric Close for right. that main character, did it was it a requirement that he would be able to know how to play golf? Yeah, I think it was. I think that that was really important to us because uh, we we wanted that. I mean, that swing needed to work. And uh, right. of course, there's a few times he hit some bad shots, and uh, right. you know he did that pretty well too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those were really his. Those were his shots. Yeah. But uh, you know, we uh, we we have to show that uh, you know that element of, of of the mulligans that he gets through the course of the of the action. But yeah, he he tried hard to play bad too. That uh, he did a good job of that. Yeah. Well, when he. When he jumps out and no warm up, I was kept watching for him to do a practice swing. No right. practice swing. He takes his first uh, first tee shot, and I was like, nah, "That's not going to go well." That's not going to work. <laughs> no. Well, it was very entertaining. It was, uh, you, you know, as we as we watched on Monday night, we watched the screening, and uh, the, the gentleman that was doing the emceeing for that. Right. Uh, how many of you laughed? I raised my hand. How many of you cried? I raised my hand. Um, that was it, it kind of took you through a gamut of emotions, mm-hmm. took you through a gamut of experiences. Right. Um, and I do think, Rick, I think that father wound is something that resonates with a lot of people. Yeah, I do, too. Uh, it definitely does. And those messages are so important to 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 just, you know, be believable with our character, too. And it's uh, it's very real, as I said, with uh, with with Wally uh, helping us to write the screenplay. That was difficult for him. Uh, to, but it but it was a very big part of of what made him who he was. So uh, showing that and showing the redemption of that relationship, I think, is very valuable in today's world. And those messages, I hope, will resonate with many people. Yeah. Well, I think anybody, you know, you watch that and um, and you can relate to the characters. And uh, you know, Pat Boone it was just perfect cast. I thought yeah. for the, the old pro. Um, I mean, he's he's been around a long time, and he has just that. He's got a sweet spirit about him. He's got wisdom about him. Right. Um, that that really came across well. And uh, and the main character not liking him at the first. Yeah. Um, I thought I thought that was uh, really really well done. Well, thank you. Yeah, we're we're excited about having it out there. Absolutely. So so tell us how this is going to hit theaters. It'll be a fathom release, which will happen uh, 
April 18 and 19. Uh, we may add a couple days as we expand, but uh, it's a day and date. It's an opportunity for you to use this movie to bring people that maybe wouldn't come to church with you. Maybe you, you're, uh, you're just wanting to start a conversation with them, and uh, what better way than, than around a story like this? So uh, I encourage you to, make, you know, to come out. You can buy tickets now. You can go online to fathomevents.com or to themulliganmovie.com and uh, reserve your seats uh, you know, today. And uh, you know, we'll be you know, leading right up to the 18th and 19th and hopefully adding uh, 2021 as, as we begin to fill up theaters across America. You can go to our website to the ultimate uh, to the uh, themulliganmovie.com and uh, you can literally put your zip code in and it'll tell you where the closest theater is to you. It's very easy. All right. Don't go away. We're talking to Rick Eldridge. Bishop E.W. Jackson. What needs to be told to these black men is get a job, stop fathering children that you can't take care of, stop hanging out in the streets, and stop acting like the cops are your enemy anytime you interact with them, particularly when you're interacting with them in a situation where you know they've come expecting potential trouble because of the circumstances you've allowed yourself to be in. How about trying that? Weekdays at noon central on American Family Radio. When you hear this, this is American Family News. You know what follows is the truth. Your news from a Christian perspective. Hundreds of teachers are going to have to walk into that school building and they are forced to swallow political ideology that in many cases violates their very faith and conscience. If you miss it at the top of the hour, American Family News podcasts are available at AFN.net. And sign up for our daily news brief at AFN.net. Pastor Robert Jeffress. Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Imagine a giant dam that is in danger of uh, collapsing, crumbling, and uh, there's a village below filled with people who are in danger of being flooded. And a group of concerned townspeople go up, and they push up against that dam. And they know ultimately their effort is futile. Ultimately, that dam is going to burst. And that's really what we Christians are trying to do. We're not going to save this culture. We're not going to prevent its ultimate collapse. But we're to push back against evil for as long as we can to give people an opportunity to hear the life-changing gospel of Jesus Christ. We're to be a preservative, pushing back against evil, but at the same time, we're to be sharing the light of Jesus Christ. And I believe we're to get involved and not get in our spiritual silos and wait for the end to come. A reminder from American Family Radio. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save the typical family 500 bucks a month. And that's huge, but it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want a plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. A very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. 
Hi, and welcome back to the broadcast. Pastor Jeff Shreve here, pastor at First Baptist Church in Texarkana, Texas, and the founder of From His Heart Ministries. We're talking to Rick Eldridge, movie producer, and he has a new movie coming out called The Mulligan. Now, we have kind of used as a theme verse for this hour, Psalm 86, verse 5, where David says, For you, Lord, are good and ready to forgive and abundant in loving kindness to all who call upon you. Uh, Just a minute ago, Rick and I were talking about the challenge in making a Christian movie, especially one that uh, presents salvation, that you make it in a way that doesn't seem forced. So, Rick, how do you go about that? Well, I think it's, uh, it has to do with the, the, the way you write and craft a story so that it's natural, so that it, it's genuine, so that as, I mean, we all face things in our life. We, we deal with adversity. We deal with uh, a lot of issues. And, and trying to tell a story that, that is not forceful, it's not preachy. Uh, it, it, when I was going through, I, I told you earlier about my time at Universal Studios, the first show that I created was a show called Check It Out. It never kind of got out, but it became a pilot for another show that did do very well once I'd sold the company. But in doing that, I met with a, a very wise uh, man in development of uh, film and, uh, and television. And he was from uh, Tribune Entertainment. And uh, in tra- at Tribune, he, uh, that's my, I got it. At, uh, at Tribune, he, uh, he did all the development of, of film and television. And, and so we sold the show to him. And uh, I wanted to, even then, as being a Christian and this being my first show, it was a secular show and it was an entertainment show, uh, and I wanted to insert messages. And, and he stopped me early on and he says, Rick, you do what you do at a high level of excellence, win the right to be heard, and then you can say what you need to say. Mm. Now, he wasn't a believer, but that message resonated with me and I've never forgotten it. And so uh, I think as we tell stories, we try to you know, raise the bar every time, to do it at the highest level possible, and, and to do it with the idea that it is genuine, that it very naturally uh, affects the course of, of, of the direction of our characters. And, uh, and in, in doing that, we can very naturally insert you know, a, a messaging that affects change. And uh, in this particular case, you know, we've got a, our main character who... Here's the message, finally, after getting to know this old pro and uh, seeing what he's all about and, and uh, what he's really, really trying to deal with with him. It's not really about golf. It's about life. Right. It's about getting a do-over with his wife. It's about a, getting a do-over with his son, with, with his business, with those around him. And uh, even then, after all of that, as he gets this you know, analogy, he walks away. He says, you know what? I don't know if I'm ready. And, and he walks away. And how many times have we done that? And uh, we've, we've heard a clear, succinct message, and yet we, we, we're not really ready to take that step. And, uh, but as he goes through the next few scenes of the movie and, and uh, meets with his son and, and uh, begins to try to be vulnerable with his son, uh, I think there's, there's this thing called the Holy Spirit that begins to, to affect his spirit. And, uh, and then finally we see that he's, he's ready to. He's ready to to give his heart and to, to make the change. So very naturally it happens. And I think uh, this is probably the most succinct, direct message of, of faith that I've ever put on screen. 
And uh, I don't think I've ever had someone pray to receive Christ in a movie. Right. And uh, and you know I I've done some Billy Graham movies and that that we were involved in production with at our studios where you know, Billy always has to preach and 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 he always has to have the invitation and right. and we we would always kind of say oh you think people are going to really care about it? watch that you know is that right. going to turn people off well, of course. Billy Graham had had a, an incredible way of touching lives and hearts, and and it happened through his films too. And 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 I was always enamored by that, and and and, and honored to be a part of those films. But I'd never done it in my work, and and so I thought about those times, and and as we crafted this story, uh, trying to make that message in a way that it would be relevant and it would be effective, and and hopefully it will be. So, what are some faith-based movies that have impacted you, and and kind of. Uh maybe made a made a difference in the way you approach a, a faith-based movie well it's uh that's an interesting question uh i, I um you know starting in in with with bobby jones um we we kind of dealt with the whole faith and values elements more than we did the you know the, it was a it was a values driven thing that 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 drove bobby uh in his uh in his walk and as i uh, you know, interacted with other people that were doing what we were trying to do and making films and make them better. Uh, I was really influenced greatly by uh, uh, something that happened with my father-in-law uh, around a movie called Courageous. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, we uh, we had gotten to know my father-in-law through the years, and he, you know, we started off on you know like like a lot of son-in-laws do, maybe not in the best. You know, who is this guy? It's a with a Fu Manchu that's a musician that's going <laughs> to marry my daughter, yeah. and how's he going to take care of her? And uh, over the years, we developed a great relationship, and he was a self-made man that that kind of you know had his own way, and he had had a bad experience in church, and um, it was his son who was a pastor who invited him to go to see Courageous. And through the movie Courageous, uh, my father-in-law, you know, was touched, and 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 there was a direct message in that movie, as you know, if you've yes. seen it, and and uh, the uh, uh, the the relationship that happened there really affected his life, and 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 was in the later years, in the last few years of his life, he became a totally different man. Wow! And uh, and I think that movie, more than anything, seeing how the movie impacted my father-in-law. Uh, you know, is what maybe led me to be a little more bold, yeah. even in the messaging of this movie. So I would say that, uh, and I don't think I've told the Kendricks that I've, I've I've told them the story about my father-in-law, yeah. but uh, but not the fact that I think it it's it certainly gave me the uh, the 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 boldness to be able to tell this story and and hopefully tell it in a way that it would make a you know make a, a difference in other people's lives and yeah. get be done naturally, like we say. Yeah, I think that's the key, and you do a great job with that. And but that's who you are because I, I've met you now for the last couple of years with our mutual friend Casey Shannon, and uh, you're very, uh, very natural. You're not, you're not yeah, trying to put you. on airs. You're very humble. Um, you know, it's not like, hey, look at me. I've made these movies and I'm so successful. You know how some people can do. Um, you don't do that at all. And so you're just just a regular guy, and God can use people like that. I, I think t- that's right. Yep. I, I I tell people at church. I said you can never be too small for God to use you, but you can be too big. Yep. And and God doesn't want. I mean, He's going to share His glory with none other. And so if you're humble, He'll use you. If you're not, He won't. So let me ask you this, Rick: When you deal with actors, because sometimes and actresses, sometimes they can be a little high strung. Right. Temperamental musicians can be like that too. Right. Um, how do you handle that? 
Well, I, I think you, you uh, and, and we've had that happen, you know, not too often. We've, we've uh, you know, ahead of time, we, we try to be very careful about who we cast for particular roles and stuff. But, uh, you know, I think you, you pull them aside. You, you know, again, reflect on what we're trying to do and, uh, and, and the bigger picture of what we're trying to do. Because it's easy to sometimes get caught up in the moment of I didn't have a very good breakfast this morning and I'm not in a great mood, you know, or whatever it happens to be. <laughs> Uh, or, or I don't think I like the way this scene is going, and I want to do it this way. Uh, but uh, there's, there's a lot of things that can, can affect the moment. Uh, but I think looking at the bigger picture of what we're trying to do, and, and uh, you know, I, I've had on a few occasions to pull people aside and say, there's a bigger picture here, and there's a bigger story here. Let's get over this little hump, and let's move on with it. And, uh, and for the most part, I've found that our actors are pros. They're professionals, mm-hmm. and, and uh, you know, they, they do that, and they understand their influence, they understand their position, and, um, and and sometimes understand that you know what I'm just being selfish, and uh, and we all do that too every now and then. Yeah. But uh, I think it's 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 a matter of just you know leading by by example as much as possible and trying to be that yourself, and uh, and then seeing that in others. One of the things that helps us on our sets, which is really unique, and and I think Pat spoke to this when we were together, you know the the Monday night, uh, we have made a point every morning before we start our film uh, to, to have prayer. Mm-hmm. And uh, we don't have, you know, 200 Christians working on our movie. Right. Uh, but, but a lot of them are. And I, they know the story. So they're, they're there because they, they, uh, they, they at least have bought into the story. Um, and uh, we start with a, a short devotional and a prayer. And, and very purposely, I let department heads lead that devotional. So I'll ask the, the makeup person maybe to come in and, and do a devotional. And it'll be the camera guy one day. It'll be the, the lighting guy one day. So that you know, the people that are working for them are seeing their heart and are seeing mm. their life and seeing their struggles. And some of it is that. Some of them express, you know, I'm really having a hard time with this. But then we, we pray together and we pray for the day. We pray for our safety. We pray for our ability to, to make a difference in what we're doing. And, and that sets an attitude that it gets rid of a lot of that, boy, I had a bad breakfast. I'm not in a good mood today. Leave mm-hmm. me alone. Right. Uh, it kind of puts it in a perspective. And, and I think that really has made a difference for us. Yeah. For, for those of us who are movie novices in terms of how it comes about, uh, not near as glamorous as what we might think. Is that correct? Yeah, it's uh, it, it it it's glamorous for for just a short second, and then you realize, <laughs> man, this is hard work. You know, and we're going to do this same scene, you know, eight to ten times, and then they're going to turn the cameras around, and we're going to do it eight to ten more times, and then we're going to need to get the next angle, and so you know that little thirty second clip in the movie winds up spending half a day. Yeah, and uh, no, that's not fun. <laughs> no, so you're they're practicing that that many times before they're even before the camera. Sometimes we're just taking that many takes, but yes, oh, okay. we'll rehearse it and then we'll shoot it. Uh, there's so many elements that have to happen when you when you think about it. You've got uh, you know, for, I'll use the the film thing uh, with the, on on a on a golf course where you've got you know players in the background. You've got people moving around here and there, and it, it's it's an orchestra and it has to happen in sequence. Uh, it's a dance. Everything has to move in its right place. And if one guy's looking the wrong direction or doing the wrong thing, it's like, cut, we got to do it again. And we do it again and again and again to, yeah. to get it right. So it's, it's tough work. And to keep the energy up, you know, if That's I've right. repeated this line 10 times, I got to repeat it again with the same That's right. Energy. Same energy, same nuance. Yeah, that's exactly right. We're talking to Rick Eldridge. We're talking about the movie The Mulligan. It's a great movie of redemption. 
and it's coming out in April. So we have one more segment with Rick. Don't go away. We'll be right back after the break. should face some sort of consequences at the very least what you put on there should be true and if it's not true then it should be actionable major social media outlets are finding ways to block the conservative evangelical viewpoint the american family association will no longer be canceled announcing afa streaming our own video streaming platform which will allow access to all afa video content afa streaming is now available learn more at afa.net AFA Announcing AFA.net slash connect. One news now. It's the one click that will link you to so many AFA platforms. Pick and choose which updates you want to receive. Easily subscribe or unsubscribe. American Family Studio. And to quote our privacy policy, American Family Association will not sell, rent, or lease your personal information to outside organizations. AFA Journal. Make a better connection with AFA at AFA.net slash connect. We've always had an interest. God has given us a gift of being able to help a lot of people with their finances and budgets and stuff. AFA supporters Bernie and Alice Larson met Dan Celia at a Faith, Family, and Finance town hall meeting. And he answered some questions, and we were thinking about the charitable gift annuities, and we'd never heard of that before, but we thought, well, we'd always wanted to leave some of our money with for God, but we didn't know where or how, and it, we felt like this was put into our laps as answer to our prayers as to what we could do after we're gone. Bernie and Alice learned a charitable gift annuity from the AFA Foundation would provide them with a monthly income for life as well as supporting the American Family Association into the future. You can learn more about charitable gift annuities and other financial products at afafoundation.net or call 800-326-4543, extension 345. And you just can't outgive God. And welcome back to the broadcast. Pastor Jeff Shreve here, pastor at First Baptist Church in Texarkana, Texas, and the founder of From His Heart Ministries. We're talking to Rick Eldridge. We're talking about the new movie coming out in April called The Mulligan. It's a movie about redemption. It's a movie about forgiveness. It's a movie about second chances. And God is the God of second chances, third chances, fourth chances, 500th chances. One of my favorite verses in the Old Testament is Jonah chapter 3, verse 1. Jonah, the wrong way prophet. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time because God is a God of second chances. And this is a movie about second chances. That's right. And a movie about forgiveness. And let's talk about that, Rick. Um, Do you think people, just the average guy that that will go see this movie, um, non-Christian guy, how do you see him interacting with the characters? How do you see him responding to the film? Well, we've had it's it's interesting. We've we've uh, in our marketing we've we've involved a lot of uh, PGA players and a lot of club you know, club you know folks that uh, are across the country. There's millions and millions of golfers in the world, and uh, there's a passion for golf. So we know that we're through that concept going to get a lot of people that will be interested in the film. Uh, there's there's some iconic people in the movie like a. 
uh, a Tim, a Tom Lehman, or, mm-hmm. uh, or or like a Jim Nance, uh, who will draw people to the movie. So uh, we know that we can get their interest because it's a beautiful course, it's golf, and it's these guys. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, I I think that we we want to try to tell the story that draws them into the story. And uh, it helps them understand that uh, you know these are struggles that we all deal with and things that we all face, and uh, so I think that I'm hoping and, and we've seen already that the reaction is very good, and uh, and very positive. Uh, yeah, we've we've tested the movie with uh, you know Christian audiences and non-Christian audiences. Mm-hmm. We always try to do that to make sure that our messaging is coming across right. Uh, we want to make sure that we're not preachy, that we're not right. forcing the message or anything like that. So very important in that process it's easy when you're in the middle of it to uh, to think you're doing everything the way it needs to be done and then somebody interprets it and it's like wow never thought about that and so it makes a difference and yeah. so we actually you know do test screenings and 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 have uh, you know a, a card that people fill out and they're able to respond to scenes respond respond to an actor and the way that he portrays a, a message and and that's very very helpful in the in the course of crafting the film now, when you get that feedback, do you then go back and maybe adjust something? Or we, in, in almost every case, yeah. Is it right? We look at that and uh, and and try to uh, you know. It, and and if we start seeing the same messaging come back multiple times, then we really look at it. Right. But uh, I think it's important to to. You know, it's easy when you're doing anything and you're in the middle of it to to not see the bigger picture. And and, right. and many times we kind of just. You know, we assume things because it's just the way it is. Right. Uh, when other people are not seeing it that way at all. Right. So, uh, very important, I think, to get that kind of input. Yeah, I know from from a preaching standpoint, I can have something in my head that I'm thinking this is coming across this way, and you know, you got to step back and say, well, what does an unbeliever? How does he process this? Right. Um, and is it like being crammed down his throat or? Is he able to follow along? And uh, and natural is not necessarily an easy thing to hit. Right. Because it's kind of a moving target. Right. Well, and, and it can sound very natural to you, but maybe not to, to, to somebody that's not living in that same world you're in. Right. Yeah. So what were, what were some of the critiques that you got that said, okay, that's a good critique I need to change? Well, there were, there were a few things that happened, uh, you know, in the, in the course of our, our testing that, uh, you know, with particular scenes that uh, that, that maybe uh, you know went a little too far, or and, and even in the in the messaging that uh, where there there's a scene where Paul's sitting down in the clubhouse with with the old pro and uh, and he's beginning to to, to to share the gospel and and uh, we we saw the reaction uh, of of Paul to that and in a couple cases uh, you know we we made some changes in the way that Paul reacted. Uh, because of what uh, w- you know, what responses we got, mm-hmm. uh, we we in some senses were a little more overly sensitive, uh, and uh, and and so we got some pushback in that regard to say, you know what, you know, why did he give in to this, you know? And yeah. so, but w- anything that that we hear like that, it, it it causes us to be able to to look at the story, look at the way it's related, and and then uh, you know. Decide about better ways to make that uh, that that communication happen. And it's it's kind of like anything. I'm sure when you uh, when you preach a message for the first time, uh, there's things that you know work, and there's things that you think, well, that didn't work very well. You know? <laughs> yeah. And uh, and and so we we saw that many times through the course of this this film, and and uh, a lot of it was just little things like uh, you know continuity stuff. You know, we uh, we had somebody say, you know, when that 
uh, when that car pulled out, uh, I, I don't think it had the same tag on it that it did uh, in the earlier scene. And I'm I'm amazed sometimes at the things people pick up. And right. So we go back and we think, you know, they're right. We didn't have that Georgia tag on there. Yeah. And uh, so so a lot of it's continuity type stuff that people look for, and and some of it's messaging type stuff. But uh, in every case, you know, you it's kind of an uh, iron sharpens iron. You get so into the things that you know I wasn't looking at the tag. I was looking at at the the performance. You know. Right. But uh, there, it, it really works well to, to have that time and have that opportunity to let people react to things and, and respond to things. It, it, it makes it better. Right. Well, we were talking off, off the mic about how this is a good witnessing tool. Right. And so Christians, um, if just Christians go to the movie, it, I mean, that's great, but that's not really why you made it. Right. We, we hope that, that people will use this as a tool, as a resource to bring people that maybe it'd be a little more awkward to say, you know, come to church with me on Sunday morning or, or even to get them up to go to church right. on a Sunday morning. But uh, it's an opportunity to go and, and, and maybe in, in a different environment, in a different place, begin to, uh, to start a relationship. And uh, we're working with a lot of uh, organizations across the country to, to do that very thing, to, to use this as a tool, as a resource. And, uh, and, and I'm, I'm really hoping that, uh, that, that we've given the message in a way that it can open up conversations. We can leave from that, go grab a cup of coffee, and that's exactly talk right. about it a little bit, you know? Right. That's what well, it's about. I, I think that's a, great, uh, that's a great tool because, yeah, you bring your friend to that, and it does create questions. Okay, right. let's talk about this main character. Let's yep. talk about your need for a mulligan. Yeah, um, exactly. Because we all can relate to that. Everybody, I mean, every Christian can relate to needing forgiveness. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's kind of interesting, Rick. I've talked to a lot of Christians. Before Christ, they can commit the most horrible sins and say, well, that's all forgiven, you know, by the blood of Jesus. But as a Christian, when they blow it, then they have a hard time receiving God's forgiveness because they think, I knew better. And and it's kind of like the Simon Peter denying Christ three times. Right. That can be harder to receive forgiveness in that instance. That's right. Yep. And so, so the mulligan is a man getting saved, but it's also for every Christian to know that, hey, God has grace for it's you. absolutely true. In the, in the movie, the old pro uses the analogy of the scorecard, you know, because we, we kind of like to, especially if we're driven to do what we do, you know, we like to keep score and we like to win. You know, and and we don't always do that, and sometimes we do mess up. And and uh, but he uses the scorecard as an analogy to say, you know what, you you, you know, you made a double bogey on this hole, and uh, you know, and and what is your par? Where and and the 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 final analogy is that you know God wants to give you a perfect score, and we're not capable of doing that. But through His grace, through His forgiveness, right. you know, we can we can attest to that scorecard, uh, you know, and and we can find that in Him. And uh, and it's it's a great analogy of grace, a great analogy of, of of God's you know God's gift to us. Amen. Well, I've always maintained that Christians need to have hanging in their the halls of their mind the picture of the pro, uh, the father of the prodigal son. That is God. Yep. For you, Lord, are good, and ready to forgive, and abundant in loving kindness to all who call upon you. And a a man, woman, a boy, or girl is a fool to not take up God on his offer to be forgiving and loving and compassionate. That's right. And so this movie does a great job in presenting those aspects of God and how we can be forgiven uh, by Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. So, Rick, tell us again how people can 
sign up to go to this movie and find out where it's playing and that kind of thing? Well, it's, it'll be in uh, around a thousand screens all over the country, uh, every major market. So I'm sure wherever you're at, I'm sure there's a theater close by. Uh, you can go to the fathomevents.com and uh, go through their site and buy tickets now. They're on sale. Uh, we're about a month out from the release of the film. Uh, or our site, which is uh, themulliganmovie.com. And you can uh, actually put in your zip code and it'll show you where the theaters are. And, of course, you can go pick your seats and, uh, and, and set that up right away. So we've encouraged a lot of uh, people to bring their friends, bring family, uh, you know, bring a group. Uh, there are a lot of churches that are using this as a tool and, and, and buying out theaters and, mm-hmm. uh, and making that available. So uh, whether it's a, you know, a, 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 your family, your friends, uh, uh, or you want to bring a group, uh, there's, there's opportunity to do that on our site. We can kind of navigate you around according to how you want to do that. Yes. Well, I want to encourage people to go see it because I saw it and it uh, really blessed my life. And uh, so, so Rick, with all the movies that you've done, uh, do you have a favorite or is your favorite the one you're doing right now? <laughs> you know, the one I'm doing right now, I'm, I'm, I'm because of the messaging and because, as, as I said earlier, I've, I've never been this you know, bold and direct in, in, in the messaging that, that we have. I'm very excited about this. Uh, Bobby Jones is one of my favorite movies. Uh, I think maybe because it was the first that I did, but also it it was a, a phenomenal experience, and it's something that uh, that that continues to play today. It's been quite successful. Uh, the Ultimate Gift is another one, so I'd put this in the top five for sure. Uh, this is number thirty-one for me. Oh wow! Uh, but uh, excited to be part of it, and uh, and just excited to tell stories, and and what a blessing it is that God's given me this uh, this opportunity. To, uh, to use movies that can make a difference. Amen. And you do a great job with that. Rick, Thank thanks so much for being our guest today. The Mulligan movie dot, MulliganMovie.com or TheMulligan.com? Com. TheMulliganMovie.com. Okay, so go online, check it out, uh, watch the trailer, and get your tickets. You won't be disappointed. Bring some non-Christian friends and pray for them and use this as an opportunity to share Christ. We always like to close out the broadcast with two words, shine and share. Shine for Christ and share what great things the Lord has done for you and how he had mercy on you. God bless you. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.